Canto 7, Chapter 2 Hiranyakashipu, the king of the demons, on bereavement. Sri Narada said, After his brother Hiranyaksha, as said, was killed by the Lord in the form of a boar, Hiranyakashipu got very sad and angry, O king. Enraged, biting his lips over this, he, with his eyes fuming of anger, stared into the grey sky and then spoke. He, with his terrible teeth and fierce look, ghastly to behold, raised his trident in an assembly of Danavas and said with a grimace the following. O Danavas and Daichas, Dvimurta, Triaksha, Shambara and Shatabau, O Hayagriva, Namuchi, Paka, Ilvala and Viprachiti, Poloma, Shakuna and all others, listen to what I have to tell you and may you all quickly thereafter act to it without delay. With those insignificant enemies, the theists who are of worship, conspiring behind his back, my so very dear brother and well-wisher was killed by Hari, who was supposed to treat us all equally. He, not being that equal, has forsaken his love for us and is now behaving abominably in Maya, just like a wild beast. As unsteady as a child, he changes from one form into another according to the desire of his worshipping devotees. With my trident, I will cut him in his neck and make him swim in his blood. By satisfying him, Hiranyaksha, who was so fond of drinking it, I thus can find my peace. When he, Vishnu, that most deceitful enemy of all, is finished, the same will happen to those guys of God whose life belongs to Vishnu, just like it is with the drying up of the branches and leaves of a tree that is cut by its roots. All of you, meanwhile, go to that world so neatly kept in order by the priests and politicians and see to the destruction of all those repenting and sacrificing bookworms who are of vow and charity. Lord Vishnu roots in their sacrificial activities. He is that person full of religious principles who, exhaustingly being worshipped by the twice-born souls, is the man of Dharma, he who is the shelter of these gods and sages, forefathers and all the rest. Wherever the twice-born souls keep their cows, study their Vedas, and are busy with their Varnajarama adu, you set their towns afire and cut their trees all down. Proving him their respects. They took the instructions of their master on their heads and terrorized, as experts in destruction, all the people. The cities and villages, pasturing grounds, orchards and gardens, fields, forests, hermitages and mines, farms, mountain places, coward camps and also the capitals, they all burned down. Some of them set the dwellings ablaze with firebrands and others demolished with pigs the bridges surrounding walls and the city gates, while another group took up access to destroy the source of livelihood by cutting down the fruit trees. When the people, thus time and again, were disturbed by the followers of the king of the Daityas, the God-fearing souls gave up their heavenly positions and wandered all over the earth in order not to be visible to the demons. Hiranyakashipu, very distressed about the loss of his brother, 
performed the obsequies and pacified his nephews. Shakuni, Shambara, Drishti, Buddha Santapana, Vrika, Kalanava, Mahanava, Arishma Shru and Utkacha, as also their mother Rushabhanu and Diti his own mother, he, as a well-adapted person, addressed with the sweetest words saying this, O ruler of men. Hiranyakashipu said, O mother, O mother, O sister-in-law and nephews, you should not lament over our hero who, facing the enemy, chose for the glory of a hero's death. Just like travelers who, amassing at a roadhouse, thereafter resume their course, O sweet mother, the ways of living beings who, by providence in this world, were brought together in one place, part again according to each's karma. The eternal, inexhaustible soul, free from the tinge of matter, is capable of going anywhere, knowing all, and being transcendental, that soul takes up the self of a body that, under the influence of the material world, demonstrates various qualities. Just as trees, being reflected in water, can appear to be moving, one can also, by moving one's head, have the illusion that the world is moving around. The unchangeable, living being, the same way, is confused by the mind it has with the qualities of matter, or mother of mind, which leads to it that he, despite his formlessness, starts to believe in a physical form. This soul, confounded about his formless existence, with the body and mind, thus knows loved ones and enemies, allies and strangers in his karma with the material affair. Accepting that he is born and will die, he laments in different ways and has all kinds of worries, being uncertain about what the scriptures say and being forgetful about proper discrimination. In this context, one often recites an ancient story about Yamaraj in discussion with the friends of someone who died. Listen closely. Once in Ushinara, there was a famous king known as Suyaknya who was killed by his enemies during a war. His kinsmen sat around him. With his jeweled armor scattered here and there, and his ornaments and garlands fallen down, he was lying there in his blood, pierced by an arrow through his heart. With his hair loose and his eyes obscured, he had his lips bitten in anger, his lotus face covered by dust, and his arms and weapons cut off lying on the battlefield. When the queens ascertained that the master of Ushinara thus had been treated by providence, they had their eyes full of tears and pounded their breasts constantly with their hands while they, fallen down at his feet, repeatedly cried, Oh, husband! Wailing loudly about their beloved husband, they moistened his lotus feet with their tears that were red because of the kumkum of their breasts. With their ornaments and hair loosened, they, for everyone heart-rending lamented, sobbing pitiably. Alas, by merciless providence, O Lord of us, you, O beloved one, have been taken beyond the range of our sight. You used to provide the livelihood of the state and the inhabitants of Ushinara, but now that you have departed, you are the cause of an increasing lamentation.
you were such a grateful husband to us, O king. How can we, all following you, live without you? You, who are our best friend, please tell us where to those who served your lotus feet have to follow you now you left us. The queens, thus lamenting, had taken the dead husband on their lap, not wishing the corpse to be taken away. Meanwhile the sun was setting in the west. Hearing the kith and kin of the ruler crying that loudly, Yamaraj personally appeared in the form of a boy and spoke to them. Shri Yamaraj said, Ah, uh, how can you people older than me, who saw the law of nature ruling every day of your lives, be this bewildered? You yourselves will return to the same nature this man returned to. Yet you weep uselessly. Look how lucky we are, for we, abandoned by our father and mother, weak as we are, have not been eaten by the wolves. So why worry, knowing that he who protected us in the womb will also protect us later on? O poor women, the Supreme Controller creates, by the exercise of his will, all of this without ever changing himself, and it is he who, next to that, also maintains and destroys. One says that all beings moving and not moving are involved in the game of the Lord, who is always fully entitled to maintain something or someone or put an end to it all. Something lost in the street can, protected by destiny, be preserved, while something kept at home can be fated to be lost. Despite being unprotected, one under his protection may remain alive, whether one is at home or in the forest, but this one here, being struck down, well protected as he was, did not survive. Living beings have their own type of birth according to their karma, and also all disappear in due course of time because of this finite karma. But this does not apply to the soul, despite the fact that he, being situated within this material world, in various forms is bound to her different basic qualities. The soul is of a completely different nature. This body of the person, which with fire, water and earth, out of ignorance was born, undergoes changes and is vanquished again, is just as separate from the soul as the material of a house is separate from its indweller. The fire in wood can be observed separately just as the air within the body and the time effect of the all-pervading eater that does not mix with anything. The same way the living entity can be separately considered as transcendental to its material encasement of involvement with the modes. The body of this man, called Suyaknya, is there right in front of you, and you, O oh foolish people, now cry for him. But he who heard and spoke with that body in this world, you have never seen. The great ruler of the body, the life heir, is, despite residing within this body, not the listener nor the speaker. The soul within this body, with all its senses, is the master, different from its life heir. That what expands and manifests, this might, this powerful soul, obtains and forsakes high and low class bodies, 
characterized by the five elements, the senses and a mind. In that engagement, he, this power of the self in the form of the so-called linga, this subtle body, differs from the form he assumes by dint of his moral quality. One is bound to karma for as long as one is connected to the subtle body. From that karmic bondage, there is the reversal from being controlled by the spirit soul to being controlled by the body and the misery following that illusory unification. Just like everything suggested by the senses with what one sees and says is false in a daydream and offers no firm ground, it is equally useless to cling to the dream of the happiness and distress derived from the material qualities of nature. That is why those who understand that do not complain about what is permanent and transient in this world. They otherwise, evidently, could not do anything about the life habits of those who complain. Some hunter who was assigned the task to decimate the number of birds in the forest spread a net and luring the birds here and there with food, thus caught them. When he saw a pair of Kulinga birds foraging in the forest, the hunter quickly managed to lure the female bird of the two. O queens, the male, seeing how the female bird in the grip of time was caught in the ropes of the net, very upset, did not know what to do next so that the poor thing began to wail emotionally about its mate. Alas, how cruel is the mighty lord for my wife who was so kind to me. What can I do for the poor one crying for me, her poor husband? Let the lord also take my life. What is the use of living my single body half? What kind of miserable existence is it to suffer that pain for a lifetime? How unfortunate are my babies waiting for their mother in their nest? How can I, without the mother, maintain the young that cannot fly yet? While the bird thus, with wet eyes most sad at a distance, lamented over the loss of his beloved, the bird-catcher, as a messenger of time, managed to sneak up on him and take his life by piercing him with an arrow. And so it is with you, O ignorant ladies. You do not see the finality of your existence. Lamenting over your husband will not bring him back, not even in a hundred years. Sri Hiranyakashipu said, The boy, thus having spoken, astounded the hearts of all the relatives. They understood that everything material was just a temporary, imperfect appearance. After Yamaraj, in this form, had given instruction, he disappeared. Thereupon, the relatives of King Suyaknya performed the duties for the funeral. Therefore, do not lament about yourself or anyone else. In this material world, one only lacking in knowledge is obsessed with the meaning of this mine and thine of one's self-interest and the interests of others. For who is that actually, that soul of you and of the others? Sri Narada said, Diti and her daughter-in-law, Rusha Bhanu, 
hearing the speech of the king of the Daityas, promptly gave up their grief over their son and husband and submitted their minds to the true knowledge of life. <laughs> 